We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind of My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. Martin Palomo of Pinnacle joins me from Pinnacle there in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, we'll talk to you about a number of things today. Talk to with each other. Rates, uh, some mortgage rates. Uh, uh, not mortgage rates, Fed rates. Uh, news there, how that's affecting things. Uh, Martin thinks things are already being impacted. So we'll talk about that. Uh, local I guess statewide political races, uh, elections Tuesday as we tape this on Thursday. So that's coming up as well. Uh, we'll talk about some things like that and whatever else might come up here on Mind and My Money. First, let me tell you that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number, ask for Corey Clark, and just tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. And even if you're not necessarily looking for a Ford product, but you want a uh, little assistance uh, with what you might be looking for, if you know, if, if you don't live anywhere near Amory, Mississippi, give Corey a call. He doesn't mind helping. 662-257-1900. You never know. It might end up leading to a uh, a different transaction than what you had planned. But either way, you'll know that you're getting some uh, you're getting some good advice as it pertains to uh, purchasing an automobile. 662-257-1900. And Martin, before we get uh, on today's agenda, what's going on there at Pinnacle and how can people get in touch with you guys? Yeah, man. Um we are we're rocking and rolling man it's just been a it's been busy for us which i mean this is a time of year when when we are busy anyway meeting with clients walking through you know through the through plans um generally speaking kind of once the once thanksgiving hits we kind of start slowing down uh and then once december 15th hits i mean we're <laughs> no no one wants to come hang out with us between the 15th and and new year's day so it's a it's a busy time of year for us um, you know, a lot of folks have been coming in a little bit nervous, uh, you know, to see if they're still on track. The last three months have been, uh, have taketh away what was giveth at the beginning of the year, but it looks like, I know we're going to get to it in the show, but it looks like things are, 
are kind of looking up and up too. But um, but anyway, so if you know if folks are listening and not real sure if they're on track or have they don't even have a plan, but and they're just driving their Ferrari as fast as they can down the street, give us a call uh, 601-957-0323, or you can email us at info at mypinnwealth.com. All right. We've talked about this a lot over the last, I don't know, it's been at least a year that this has been a pretty heavy topic of conversation between you and me. Uh, our good friend uh, Nick Timorios writes in the uh, can't decide whether I need my glasses or not today. It's like one of those days where <laughs> my eyes are kind of tired. It's been a, a lot of, it's been a busy kind of two weeks and I haven't gotten a ton of sleep. And so my eyes kind of want me to wear the readers and then I put the readers on and I can't see any better than can't see it. <laughs> so do I, do I, do I need to read, read for us? No, I'm good. I'll see. <laughs> I'm our, friend, you, our friend Nick uh, at uh, Wall Street Journal, he writes, uh, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell hinted the central bank might be done raising interest rates for now, but was careful not to rule out another increase after officials extended a pause in hikes. Officials voted unanimously on Wednesday to leave rates unchanged. At a 22-year high, the committee is proceeding carefully, Powell said during a press conference when he said nothing to shift the market's expectation that officials won't raise rates. In December, stocks climbed with the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 0.7% or nearly 222 points. Bonds extended a rally that began Wednesday morning when the Treasury Department announced plans to slow the pace at which it issues longer-term debt. Yields on the 10-year Treasury note closed at 4.79%, down uh, 84 thousandths of a percentage point from 4.874. On Tuesday, yields fall as bond prices rise. So I'll stop there. And um, I know you've been following this very closely. What does it What does it mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, and I know this is not new news to any of our long-term listeners. Um, you know, the Fed... I still think the Fed is the most powerful financial entity that exists on our planet. And, you know, I know Jay Powell has really taken a lot of, of heat, um, you know, for a slow start to, to, you know, com combating inflation, but man, I, I still, I still am in the camp that I think he's done a great job. Uh, I know that may piss some people off and that's okay. I don't really care if I make people mad with, with what I say, because, Really, I mean, you know, our clients depend on us to be unemotional and how we make moves, uh, you know, in their portfolios. And, you know, I just have to look at the data. I have to look at the facts. I have to make decisions based on what's in front of me. And I know, you know, we've been saying for a while that, you know, the Fed, the, the, the rising rates have really impacted portfolios with, you know, bonds being down significantly because when rates go up, prices go down, just like you read just like a seesaw when you're a little kid, but generally speaking, stocks go down too when interest rates are going up. So if we're at a, at the end, which I have been saying, I think we're at the end for a long time and we really haven't had any significant, meaningful rate hikes since the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, if we're at the end, the markets can finally get a footing stocks can finally get a footing of, Hey, what is the next couple of years going to look like, you know, with rates where they are right now? And I think for the most part, when, you know, when stocks move, it's, it's not really whether rates are up or down, although they both, they both have an impact in prices, but it's really about, 
you know, can we forecast what profitability of a company is going to be at this level? And then once things are, you know, not easy to predict that's cause that's a, that's a misnomer. Once things are more, um, uh, normalized with, Hey, if we're going to have high rates, that's fine. We can at least predict what the next three to five years are going to look like in corporate profits. You know, you'll start seeing uh, things settle down or even stocks kind of begin to take off. Um, I've said, and I still will stick to this, that I think that rates will get cut um, probably second half of next year, maybe the first half of 25. And generally speaking, when rates are falling, uh, that's really good for stocks. Um, you know, recessions, the recession stuff has really been a little bit unfounded uh, so far, which I'm grateful for. You know, hey, yeah. I would love to have, you know, a soft landing. Now, prices are still high. That doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that a recession isn't isn't possible. But I think it just the each day that clicks by where we haven't tipped over into a recession gives us a, you know, a better chance of a, of a soft landing, you know, actually happening. And, uh, you know, I know there's three different scenarios folks have talked about, you know, and you kind of think they're really, they are really talking the analogy of an airplane, you know, a hard landing is no fun for anybody. Um, you know, when you're a passenger and you smack the ground, uh, it's jolting and it's not very fun. Obviously soft landing is, are the best that you can have. And, you know, the third one is that that there's no landing at all, that it just keeps going. Uh, and I don't think that that's, I don't think we're going to have a no landing. I think it'll end up being, you know, somewhat on the softer side. Um, and when rates go down, it's going to do two things for portfolios. One, people's stocks sh should rise in a rate, in a falling environment, a rate falling environment. And then bonds are also going to go up. So, you know, the we've been using a lot of hedges in the portfolio. We've been overweight hedges um the last several years and this is the conversation reed and i and eric are having right now is hey is it time to take those hedges down and go back to a normal um a normal investment allocation and i think the answer is uh yeah we're getting close to that but for our, for our clients too we also use um you know some alternative investment strategies and some of them could be real estate uh private equity to give a different profile to um you know to folks portfolios because if i can pull as much volatility or fluctuation out of the portfolio then psychologically folks will stay invested and they won't be asking the questions of hey do we need to sell you know markets are down 25 30 percent i'm really nervous because like when those things happen people start the you they want to get out and it's the wrong time to get out yeah and if i can if i can decrease the fluctuation in the portfolio, then psychologically folks will say, okay, things aren't good, but instead of being down 25, I'm only down 10. I don't like it, but I'm willing to, to stick it out. Cause dude, everyone has a puke zone. And, you know, for some folks it's 10%, some it's 20, some it's 40, um, before they say, Hey, I, I can't take it anymore. I have to, I got to get off the merry-go-round or the roller coaster. And truth of the matter is, is that is the exact wrong time um, to do it. So, you know, I think coming back full circle, I think the Fed's done. Um, I think that global central banks will kind of fall in suit. Uh, I think we'll have 
barring that nothing crazy happens in the next two months, I think we'll have a good ending to the year for stocks and for bonds. Um, maybe we'll recall back what we, what we've lost in the last three months. And this year can be a, you know, a reasonably good year for folks in their portfolios. And were, the, it turns out you were, that way. Yeah. It turns out you were kind of right the whole way when there was a lot of talk for months about, Hey, 2024 is going to be a recession. I mean, I, I heard that so many times that I, I, I just began to believe it. And you always said you didn't, you didn't see it heading in that direction. You, you thought, you kind of nailed it, really, Martin. I mean, I'm giving well, credit you, credit man. to you. You you kind of said, "Hey, I think final quarter of 23 things are going to start improving," and you thought that there would be a a soft landing, if you will, and that there was not going to be a recession. And that now look, there's still things that that could go wrong. Yep. Could but, tip us into it for sure. But um, that's that's pretty. Uh, you you nailed it. Or at well, least appreciate it you, appears man. you're going to, to nail it. Yeah. Well, and you know, and, and, and truth be told, like that, that's what our clients depend on us for is to not, you know, get emotional um, and make decisions that, that are not rooted in fact. And, you know, and that's the, the debate that we have here is I don't, I don't care whether you're for or against a position. I just, you have to be able to tell me why. And if you can't explain why I'm not, I mean, you kind of think about, we have about a half a billion dollars of client assets under care. Uh, like <laughs> that's a lot of money, man. That's a, that's a significant amount of people's livelihoods. And, you know, we just, I just, and Reed and I are in agreement on that too. It's like, Hey, if, if you don't come to the table with a why don't even come to the table with a, you know, with a, with an emotional plea, because it's not going to get, it's not even going to get a serious consideration. Um, you know, I know sometimes like I have bad days, Reed has bad days, uh, and we say really stupid things to each other, but we never take action on it. <laughs> and I guess that's a good thing of a partnership too. And I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking, we take all the data inputs, but you know, we try to make rational, logical decisions. Yes. Emotion- We're not always right, but emotional decisions are typically not good decisions. It's, uh, it's, it's why Especially with money, man. Well, it's why you see like in, in, College sports, for example, a lot of times the decisions that end up being really bad financial decisions are made in the heat of an emotional moment. You end up having to pay off a coach $30 million or whatnot, and the next coach comes in and produces the exact same record, and you look up and you go, why did we fire the other guy? Well, because he just lost to the rival, and we were pissed off. That's why. (laughs) Dude, that's like I think college football coach has got to be the best – job in the world where you can get fired and still get paid a significant amount of money yeah it is so awesome there's no better <laughs> career path than figuring out a way to become a power five head football coach in your early 40s yeah yeah oh, dude you're well oh, you're you've made a mint if you and, can and do it in your early 40s do well enough to get the uh, another place to come after you use that leverage to get a huge amount of money, then suck, get fired and go to the beach and you're good. <laughs> I mean, I mean, $30 million and then, Hey, you'll get paid a little to do some TV. I mean, yeah. you can, you know, once a week you can go fly to Bristol or New York or Charlotte or whatever, and talk about football for a day and 
then head on make back some to money. the beach, make a yeah. little, make a little spending money. You know, I mean, dude, like Ed Ogeron tripped me. His his whole comment is probably the and he and he's a funny guy anyway. But you know, when they were talking about, hey, you're you're done. He's like, okay, well, you just tell me which door. Yeah, <laughs> you want me to go out? I mean, I mean he wasn't even mad. He's like, I'm about to make a killing here. So why, why would he be mad? They're going to pay him seventeen million dollars not to work. Yeah, yeah. thank. I'll take that leave. all day long. Yeah. yeah. I mean, which door do you want me to walk out? I won't even make. I won't make a scene or anything. No, thank you. <laughs> That's right. I would. I would be like, hey, you know what? I really appreciate you guys. Thank you for firing me. I mean, if rivals came to me right now and said, so here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to fire you. We're going to pay you. I don't know, 10 years worth of salaries. Just don't say anything nasty. <laughs> I bet Rivals is awesome. I'd be like, man, everyone should work at Rivals. Y'all are the nicest people in the world. They, they, <laughs> they were great. This is awesome. It's all my fault. Bye. It's all Bye. my fault. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I'm an, I'm an idiot. I'm heading to the beach now. Thank you. Yes, it was wonderful. Wonderful doing business with you guys. Uh, we didn't talk about this just real quick. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, there's yes. a story in wall street journal again. Um, the way you pay to buy or sell a home is about to change. Oh yeah. I read about that. Changes could range from commission system tweaks to a more radical restructuring of residential real estate industry. Home buyers and sellers face the prospect of major changes to the amount and the ways that they pay their real estate agents following Tuesday's historic verdict against the National Association of Realtors and large residential brokerages. These changes could range from minor tweaks to the commission system to a more radical restructuring of the residential real estate industry, such as more people buying homes without using agents or buyers paying their agents by the hour. A federal jury in Missouri found NAR and large brokerages conspired to keep costs artificially high and awarded $1.8 billion in damages, which could be tripled to more than $5 billion under antitrust rules. NAR has said, of course, it plans to appeal. The verdict raises the possibility of the biggest changes in decades to how Americans buy and sell homes and the cost associated with those transactions. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting um, stuff. It is, man. And, and I wonder where if, if that's going to flow over into my industry as well. Like, cause we're, we don't charge commissions to our clients, but there is still a whole industry out there that, you know, you pay for a transaction. So if, if uh, you go to a guy that is commission based, you pay for the purchase. And in some cases you pay for the sale of that, you know, that asset um, or that transaction as well. And, you know, we don't do that. We're just, we are a fee-based advisor um, and, and so it's like we can make a million transactions or zero and and it's the it's the same amount. But I'm kind of curious though, because I never I I never thought that I guess I'm just I was I've grown up accustomed to that, hey, you pay a you know, a real you're the seller pays the um, you know, the closing cost and the the agent's fees for the for the buyer and seller, and it's usually somewhere between five and and six percent. I mean, I didn't think that that was outrageous. Uh but it is kind of interesting that, you know, they're saying that, you know, I don't know it says the, the, the realtors conspired to keep commissions high, but I don't, um, I guess I really don't understand. Um, if sellers are banned from paying buyers agents, 
then buyers could be forced to come up with additional cash or go without an agent on their own. This could affect first-time home buyers the most. They are the least likely to have additional savings to pay for an agent on top of their down payments and closing costs. The typical yeah. down payment for homes purchased with mortgages in the second quarter was 31500 according to Atom Data Solutions. In this scenario, more agents would likely offer hourly rates or a menu of services that buyers could choose from, such as touring properties, reviewing inspection reports, or looking over final contracts. Buyers could also choose to have the listing agent facilitate the transaction for both parties at a lower cost. Any system that makes it harder for first-time buyers or low or moderate income home buyers to have their own loyal representation isn't going to save the money, said Rich Rosa, a Massachusetts broker and president of the National Association of Exclusive Buyer Agents. It's going to cost them money because they're going to be more costly mistakes made. Interesting. Just, I'm I like you. I, I've always I can actually. The system was kind of, behind I, I, I was just kind of used to the system being what it was, but I mean. And dude, I, I, I mean, I can kind of get behind what that fellow was saying with the, if a, if the buyer doesn't have an agent to represent, and I didn't even think about, I'm glad you read that. Cause I didn't even think about like his first time home buyers. Cause I remember, you know, when dude, when we were first time home buyers, I barely had enough to get my like down payment, my escrow, uh, or not escrow, my earnest money, you know, squared. And if they would have been like, Hey, you're buying a, which of course my first house was a, Sixty, sixty-five thousand dollar condo, but if they would told me, "Hey, you've got to come up with, uh, you know, three percent to pay your your realtor," um, you know, I mean, that would have been what I'm on sixty-five hundred ten, sixty-five thousand ten percent would be sixty-five hundred. So one is six fifty, call it times three is another two grand rounding up. I mean, two grand would have been hard for me to come by that was a cheap house I mean, it was 65,000 bucks so if it's a you know a $200,000 house first time home buyer oh dude you know but then also you kind of look at it it's like well why should the seller pay we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the buyer's agent. I mean, I get, I can see both sides, but I do think that guy's correct. Um, if the buyers don't have an agent, they're probably actually going to make more costly down the road mistakes. Um, if they're trying to just deal with the seller's agent, I mean, maybe that'd be like you repping your representing yourself in, you know, defending yourself in a, in a, in a courtroom, you know, for a crime that you say you didn't committed, but you've, or you didn't commit, but you've never been an attorney. So you have, yeah, you're going to save money by not paying attorney, but shoot, man, you might go to jail. Uh, is it worth it? I mean, yeah, I'd rather pay a professional to take care of me. For sure. hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent. That's the, the only thing about doing a real estate deal by yourself. And if you're an attorney who really understands real estate law and things of that nature, sure. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. But if you're someone like me, I wouldn't really know what I was doing. I mean, I, I would be running the risk of making an error that would ultimately cost me more than what it would have cost me to have a, a realtor. Yeah. I wonder if they'll just end up rolling. If this thing, let's go, let's play this tape all the way to the end. Let's pretend that this thing goes through and they say, Hey, uh, you know, seller pays for seller's agent, buyer pays for buyer's agent. I wonder if they just end up rolling the, the cost of the realtor into the loan and there'll probably be some government program for first time home buyers that, you know, pays for their, uh, real estate agent or decreases the, you know, you don't pay interest on that, that amount or some, there'll probably be some, some program that gets put in place, uh, you know, by our, by our lovely thieving government. Oh, yeah. well, right now they're focused on hate. So, I don't know that they have time to get to that. I mean, our esteemed vice president at a time when anti-Semitism is added a high from the last, I don't know, 80 years we're attacking Islamophobia because that's a real problem everywhere in case you haven't noticed. Islamophobia? Yeah, it's, I, mean, I see it every day. Every day, every day I'm like, man, that was Islamophobic. I'm going to abstain <laughs> for the record. I'm against Islamophobia. I, I, I just, it's, it's difficult for me to believe that that is the biggest problem in our country right now that justified whatever the national politics are completely crazy right now. Speaking of politics, we have a state race on uh, yes, Tuesday. We do. You know what I'm interested in, Martin? I'm, I'm, I'm obviously interested in the outcome and all that. Um, but I'm mo most interested in um, turnout. I want to see what yeah. turnout looks like on a Tuesday when there is no national election. There's no, it's a, a year from now we'll be voting for president, I, I guess. Um, but not, not this time. And so I'm curious to see what turnout looks like. You know, I'm, I'm probably a pretty good test case for this 
I'm not typically super interested in state races. I vote probably two thirds of the time. This race, neither candidate has me like super excited. Um, I'll Are we talking about for state, yeah, state for stuff? Like, yeah, for state stuff. I'll yeah. probably go vote, but it's not a certainty. And so I'm really curious how much turnout occurs and, and how that impacts the outcome of some of these races. Yeah, I'm um the state the state stuff is always a uh, low turnout, especially when there's not a national election along with it. And I'm very interested. I mean, there's not a lot and I'm yes, local politics I think impacts us more significantly on our day to day stuff than the national politics stuff does. But like, you know, I mean, obviously I'm I'm in Jackson. I live in Jackson and I'm very, very interested in you know, in the local political stuff, um, at the, I'm not even talking about the city level. I'm not even talking about the state level. Um, but on, at the state level, it has been, I I can't really decide if Brandon Presley, who is the, the, uh, opponent of, of Tate Reeves. I can't, I, I from everything that I kind of see, he kind of looks more like a, like um like in the in the middle a centrist than 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 way left and i've tried to read of course neither of their websites tell you a whole lot about their issues um it's just both of them trashing each other about you know how awful the other one is for for the state but it seems like um the brandon presley fellow has got at least in jackson has got a lot of a lot of momentum um, you know, in central Mississippi, but we'll see what, what turnout looks like. Um, but I'm kind of, I am interested in to see, I am interested to see how it goes. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the incumbent will win, uh, for state of Mississippi, but neither of them really have <clears throat> a whole lot about, about their issues. Um, other than kind of regurgitating the kind of same stuff over and over again. I said this on another show of if I, if I vote for Reeves, it's, it's going to be strictly a thank you for handling COVID. Well, <laughs> it's literally it. It's, he doesn't inspire me in any other way, but I'm not, this, I've lived here for a long time, but I'm not from Mississippi. And so I'm not as ingrained in the, history of the state's politics and things of that nature and i've had a difficult time with feeling that that either of these candidates are really going to impact my life particularly does that make sense it does i mean and well i think one of the things i'm really curious about is is to see um you know i know that oops almost knocked my computer off of the desk that would have been and interesting for our listeners. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see uh, where, where the whole state income tax thing is going to go. And neither of them have really talked a whole lot, um, you know, about eliminating. I mean, obviously Tate Reeves did a while back and unless I've missed it, I haven't really heard him talk a whole lot more about, um, about eliminating the state income tax. I mean, I know they're collecting, 
taxes from other places and and you know and Reeves has said we're running a surplus you know here in Mississippi and and it's not necessary to collect state income tax which would be huge for uh I mean that's five percent of your money back to you I mean that's a that's a pretty big uh that's a pretty big a pretty big deal but I don't I don't know if there's any any traction I haven't seen Presley address state income tax at all what would have to happen to get that passed where there would be no state income tax and i know people push back so much about it well there would be no revenues for infrastructure and all of these things and yet i think it would be brilliant uh, um texas doesn't have state income tax now their property tax is different there's some things yeah. of that nature but i mean i'm i'm for i'm for you know me, I am for lower taxes, period, the end. I think I, I think our tax rates are too high. I think there's too much fraud in, in, in state and federal government. I think that that if you forced if you forced the state to be more efficient, it would be. If you forced the federal government to be more efficient, it would be. Um, I'm for a consumption tax as opposed to a an income tax. I, I think it just makes sense. But I don't. I never sense that there's real traction for something like that here. And I don't know what it would take for that to actually happen. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I think it's just, uh, our legislatures, you know, voting for it. But from what I understand, uh, the reason that the, that the deal is even on the table is because of the different areas, the different means that, that the state has of collecting revenue, um, was more than enough to, to give them a surplus without collecting, you know, additional state income tax. And I'm sure there would be things that go up in other places. I don't know what they are. I mean, I imagine, because if you think of a place like Texas, Tennessee, Florida, those are the three that come to mind that don't have, you know, a state income tax. You know, I know Florida gets a lot of revenue from, uh, from tourism, you know, and they don't, and I don't think they have a, I don't think the state of Florida, Florida has a, like a tax on foods that are uh, in the grocery store that are like not processed or, um, you know, like packaged or boxed. Like if you're buying meat, milk, veggies, fruit, um, I don't, they don't charge taxes on that. But if you buy, you know, a lasagna, uh, Stouffer's lasagna or something like that, you, you pay taxes on or, or Dr. Pepper or whatever. Um, but I imagine that probably, I mean, I know car tags in Florida are not expensive. You know, they have tolls, so that's where they probably collect a lot of their revenue for road repair and infrastructure repair. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, the truth of the matter is I should know more about how our state income tax is collected, and I don't. Or our state taxes are collected, not income tax. Um, but I don't. I'd be interested in seeing, though, because they did put the plan out. I just haven't heard anything about it in, you know, in probably a year or so. Yeah. I, I would be I would be interested in that. Now that something like that would would motivate me to get to the polls. Yeah, and I don't. And the thing I'm trying to figure out, like you know, it's usually we have the extremes that have been at least with the microphone lately in politics, and and I don't find Brandon Presley to be an extreme. <clears throat> I think he's having to run as a you know a conservative Democrat versus uh you know the the extreme left to to get traction. He's got a lot um, a of money. Like 
he's gotten a lot of money from the National Democratic, um, you know, operation. And usually, money comes with strings. Um, yeah, that's you know, true. So it makes me not you. I'm, I would say almost all the time. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, but I, he's now. That being said, I've heard nothing but good things about Presley, and I've yep. I, I've heard and seen nothing but good things about the job that he's done. So my anticipation is that Reeves will win, but Reeves is not a super popular governor. Although I do think he deserves credit for handling COVID. Well, we work, we live in a state that got back to quote normal faster than most states and you got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, it could be that he had no choice because I think Mississippians were just not going to play along much longer, but correct. But that being said, you know, when the coach wins the game, you give credit to the coach. You don't go, well, the only reason you won is because you have a good offensive line. Well, he recruited <laughs> offensive line. Because yeah. your players did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't work. So, no, he deserves credit for that. And I give him credit for it. And if I go to the polls, that will probably be the reason why. That will motivate me because, as you know, it's a topic that I'm still – I'm not I'm not ready to move past yet. Yeah. Yeah, and I know in my district, too, we've got a – I've got a house race that's going on um, – so I'll probably, I mean, I, I will go out and vote and, um, but it's kind of funny, man, in Mississippi, it's, you know, most of the politics here is, it's like you, you have a conservative and then you have like a moderate on the ticket. Yeah. It's not really, except for maybe in the, like the Delta region, um, where like Benny Thompson is, um, for the most part, it's kind of like a conservative and a moderate is who are, is who are running. But, I mean, man, we're going to be off to the races here shortly. I know we've said it a couple of times about national elections, but, like, the holidays are here. Um, yes. I mean, I'm ready to put my Christmas tree up. The holidays are here. We're going to we're gonna fly through November, December, mm -hmm. and we're going to wake up, and it's going to be January, and then we're going to be into Super Tuesday. And, and man, it's going to – this next year election cycle is going to is going to be like a rocket uh, on our back. And – so, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking a, a lot about national politics, which I really enjoyed that four years ago when we were were really talking about. And and I was wrong, you know, in that, in my predictions there. I was 100% sure that that uh, Trump was going to win. Um, I mean, that, uh, that Trump was going to win and that the Georgia seats were going to were going to stay red and. I was wrong on <laughs> on both of those, man. So yeah. I, I do love I do love uh, national elections a lot more now than I used to. I used to to loathe politics because I really just I didn't understand and I didn't care. And, I, and I, not that I completely understand now, but but it is important. I'm, I'm starting to sound like my father. Oh, they're super important. It's the people, and I get why people are this way. It's divisive, and they don't like it, and they get agitated, and they just they they just want you to like. I get the whole stick to sports, stick to sports, stick to sports. I'm like, no, there's a lot more to my life than sports, and frankly, sports yeah, don't impact my life the way politics do. I mean, you know, I mean, football games are played, and there aren't really. I mean, if you think about it, there's not a lot of ramifications, really. I mean, no, you know, not other than not, you not can really you can win a trophy at the end of the year. Elections have consequences. But no one's dying. Right. Uh, Elections have consequences. I mean, this is, 
more and more as the world gets unstable and it is getting unstable, the, the 2024 election becomes critical. And, yeah. and sure enough, like, you know, that I haven't read enough about it to talk about it here. I've just read a little bit today. You know, the, Trump is concerned that the state of Colorado is trying to take him off the ballot. Uh, these his legal cases are starting to get going now. Um, I I I'm I'm so glad that your prediction that we won't have a recession is coming to fruition. I hope because I do think 2024 is going to be tumultuous enough in and of itself. Yeah, and I mean, and generally speaking, and of course, this doesn't have to follow follow suit by any stretch of the imagination. But generally speaking, um, you know, election years are are good for the market. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens for 24. It'll certainly be interesting. Um, what's your schedule next Thursday? You have a, you have a you have something coming up in November here pretty quick. Yeah, I'm 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 in next next Thursday, and then the following I will be I will be totally out of touch, no sell signal. Uh, I am off the grid for, for, uh, four and a half days. Wow. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'm do, I'm going to go do some, I'm doing some work on myself, man. So good for you. Uh, yep. I'm going to, uh, to an offsite, uh, that, you know, I mean, like I've, I know we've talked about, I have a therapist that I see yeah. you know, every, every two weeks to, to keep, uh, you know, to keep fit mentally and emotionally fit. And, uh, you know, we were talking, he's been trying to get me to, to go do, uh, an intensive and, and it just never, the timing was never right. And, and, uh, I was like, well, I think I can do it this year. So I have no idea what I'm walking into, but, uh, but it is intense work on, on self. And I mean, and I'm not ashamed to talk about, you know, and we've talked about it before, like, you know, everybody has stuff, man. There are the people that are willing to talk about it and the people who are not willing to talk about it. Agreed. And I guess in the past I had uh, enough pain and punishment not talking about it that I don't like the way that makes me feel. So I'd rather process it than than stuff it and uh and let it eat my lunch. I admire it. I good for you. I mean, I think it's I think that's just smart. Four and a half days off the grid. Wow. Yeah, so they do not let Isn't you. Crazy that that's 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 um, almost daunting, right? So you know that if someone reaches out to you, it's an emergency. Yeah, and I won't, dude. I won't be able to to take it. Like I don't. I will not have my phone, um, or access to internet or anything. You know, like Jennifer will have a uh, you know telephone number to you know if she needs to reach me, um, that she can get in touch with me. But yeah, unless right. it's like. Well, yeah, unless it's an emergency, I am, I am off the grid for four and a half days. I'll be interested in hearing about that. Even if you don't want to share it publicly, I'll be interested in hearing about it. <laughs> um, well, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll stop there. We'll get together next Thursday. We'll see, uh, we'll see what results there are from. Yeah. From elections. Yeah. Mississippi and throughout kind of throughout the country a little bit. I think it's going to be a very small snapshot of the mood of of the country on some things and and uh probably maybe a harbinger of of what a national race might look like although if it involves trump it throws every you can't look at anything else because it's it doesn't he's he's an outlier in in so many ways 
But we'll talk about that uh, next week on Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. Don't forget to get in touch with Martin and the people at Pinnacle just to check in, get a barometer on whether they can help you or not. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. Set up an appointment and have a conversation. Maybe it goes somewhere, maybe it doesn't, but never hurts you to reach out to professionals to see if they can help you at all. So again, it's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.